0: Hey everybody, we have a new sponsor and a special deal for our listeners of Karen Isn't Always Right. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan or videotapes, audiotapes, or film reels that you need to import, you should check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name, Karen Isn't Always Right, when you order, you're gonna get 5% off and a portion of your order is gonna help support the podcast, Karen Isn't Always Right. All of those formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All your memories can be stored safely on the cloud or even a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AV Gear Guy has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media and they can accept orders from anywhere in the U.S. Don't forget to mention the name of Karen Isn't Always Right and get 5% off. For more details and to book, visit their website at avgearguy.com. That's avgearguy.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Karen Isn't Always Right. Christopher here, and as I have mentioned on my last podcast episode, um, we're changing things up just a little bit with the craziness that's going on with uh, COVID-19. And uh, this is just an opportunity to uh, have some people on who work in theaters or used to work in theaters and kind of want to share their story about how they got started and what's kept them in the business over the years or what kept them in as long as they were in. And, um, you know, really all of this in an effort to just share some stories and um, give people a chance to talk about why they have such a passion for this industry and in hopes that, you know, everybody else can hear, you know, why we do this. And and a high in the sky hope would be that maybe uh, there's others on the, maybe the production side of the industry that might be able to help us out uh, as an industry, not just me or you or, or you know, a specific theater company, but maybe as a, as a whole industry. And recognize that people still want to go to see the movies and um, want companies to be able to survive through all of this. And so, you know, my hope is that maybe they'll be able to get involved with their resources and connections and things of that nature. So, my first guest uh, in this changing podcast is Jeff. Jeff's been on before, he's a good friend of mine. Um, he's a general manager of another location, and um, we've become very good friends, and I think he's got a lot to share. So, uh, with- Without further ado, here's Jeff. How
1: you doing? I'm good. How you been?
0: Doing all right. Who'd have thought that a month and a half after we did our last podcast that this is where we would be in life, (laughs) yet here we are. Here we are, man. Some shit got real, huh? It's
1: it's uh it's a little crazy out there, you know. There's there's no um there's no thunder domes yet. That's coming though. I think
0: <laughs> two men enter, you know.
1: <laughs> One man <laughs> <league. laughs>
0: we well, Or in today's day and age, any gender is fine. Any gender is fine. <laughs> I'll whoop a girl's ass too if it makes it means I get to live. All uh, right,
1: I can't. What if you I got a chance? It, you know
0: yeah yeah it's a fair point <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so you know as you know, I reached out recently and and i you know I decided to pivot a little bit, with Karen isn't always right, and um, you know obviously movie theaters are are being hit really, really hard, um, possibly even harder than any other industry right now as pretty much I think every single movie theater in the country is shut down, and uh, you know I think the company that we work for is know relatively strong and and the hope is that we'll come out of this fine um but my thought was that uh you know with everybody struggling so much and there didn't appear to be when i first reached out to be any kind of financial aid package or anything like that for the theater industry my thought was you know why don't we why don't i talk to pretty much anybody i can that works in the theater industry that i'm friends with that wants to share their story you know about why you've been working in movie theaters for so long. I mean, I think you've been working in the theater industry even longer than I have, and I've been doing this a long damn time. Um, and just share some stories, man, about why we do this and why we've stuck with it for so long, because we all know the pay isn't great. <laughs> At least early on, it's not. Um, and then uh, and then, really, you know, I, I feel like if we can, you know, if I can share the podcast out and anybody I know can share the, these episodes out there and especially like on Twitter where we can, we can tag in some people on the maybe on the production side that had the resources and, and the connections and, and things like that to, to maybe help our industry because I don't know about you, but I feel pretty strongly that I think people have really realized after being stuck inside for weeks at a time with their kids <laughs> or by themselves or anything like that, that they really do miss movie theaters. You know, there's been all this chatter for how long? Oh, movie theaters are dying, movie theaters are dying. Well, guess what? I don't think they're gonna fucking die. 'Cause I think as soon as we get to walk outside that door again, guess whose door they're walking into.
1: We're gonna get slammed. <laughs> Hell yeah, I
0: certainly hope so. I have never wished <laughs> to get screamed at by a customer so bad in my damn life. You know? So anyway, that's that's my thought. So hopefully when you know when we're done and I and I finish the production on this and share it out there, you share it with all your friends, have your friends share it. You know, let's get this circulating, tag in as many of the you know the ron howard steven spielbergs robert downey juniors of the world you know what i mean and and get some attention on this and see if we can get some
1: help so yeah that's well definitely get slammed if quentin tarantino shares this so you yeah know. yeah qt if you're out there we need you to share it
0: <laughs> for real and for what it's worth i looked for him on twitter and i can't find him i don't know if anybody knows his handle but um i'm not i'm not the greatest with twitter but uh, i looked for a while so you can find him please help so let's get started man okay all right so how did you get in how'd you get into theaters man
1: and when well you actually been doing this longer than me i've, I've only been around since 91 okay. you were around since 87 88 something like that 89
0: yeah, 89.
1: 89. yeah. i was but just uh, a pup well, yeah. <laughs> well i was i was in the army at the time and I was in the National Guard, so I did, I did the real training, came back home, then just did one week in a month, two weeks out of the year. Okay. And uh, at that time, I was looking for a job. I worked at the amusement park. There was a local amusement park here called Kings Island. And I worked there every summer. And I did that for four years straight right out of high school. And um, every su- every winter, they would shut down because it's an amusement park. So every winter I had to find a new job. Um, and one winter I worked at blockbuster video and I kind of got a love for movies there. I already had a love for movies just by growing up, but it right. kind of reinforced it. And then that next winter I went looking for a job and I worked at the uh, played at the movie theater and uh, I got, you know, hired right away. And it was like August of that year of 91. And, Got shoved in a concession stand like everybody does, and. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, what movie opened? Do you remember? Oh God, no! It was it was fall, so it was like crap. Uh, open. Yeah. Um, yeah. Home Alone was like the next year, I think, or no, Home Alone Two is the next year because yeah. Home Alone just came out the year before, and so Terminator was the next year. Yeah, I, so remember, I, remember, that. I remember
0: Terminator so, Two. Yeah, 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 I remember that.
1: Um, but uh, so and. At my theater, I was at it was with uh, Showcase Cinema's National Amusements. So we had these polyester pants that were dark navy blue that stretched, and they had a, a light, um, uh, a really light blue pinstripe that went all the way down the leg. You know, that's hot. And, uh,
0: <laughs> and I saw a picture of you yesterday when you were young. Look, you must have looked fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, even, I even had the small.
0: <laughs> that's right we i worked for amc and we had the the black polyester as well and i remember one time i was i was trying to be a good employee and make sure i went to work uh looking sharp and so i was going to iron it because it was a little wrinkled and i had my iron on high setting and i put my my iron right onto the vest and melted a perfect shape of the iron through my vest and i had to take that to my manager i'm like bro i need a new i need a new vest he's like the fuck is wrong with you man i was like i don't know
1: yeah we 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 had checkered shirts and they were like white with blue checkers on them and then uh, we had a vest a buttoned up vest and we had clip-on ties and (laughs) so we were styling (laughs) that's right and and everybody wore that outfit whether you were in the stand or the usher or the cashier Um, eventually we moved on to aprons and hats and things like that but uh i don't know i just i for me it was just a winter job And back then, as I am now, I'm I'm gun ho really about everything. So I, you know, we were brought up with that really good work ethic. So I went for everything, and I did I didn't do anything half half ass. I would goof off, but my job. And I guess you know, God, we would have tons of parties. You remember those parties? Oh, the
0: movie theater parties were the
1: best. (laughs) We had. (laughs) <laughs> we had this one party. It was over at my at my apartment, actually. Me and another guy um, shared an apartment, mm-hmm. and this was later when we were both managers. But um, we shared an apartment, and back then nobody cared if you drank with the employees. Nobody cared if you smoked with the employees. Nobody, you know. I don't do any of that now for my right. current employer, you know. But <laughs> but no, no, nobody cared back then. That's probably where these lawsuits came from.
0: Oh, for but, sure.
1: Uh, we were having a big, big party. There was, there was managers just handing out alcohol to the staff left and right at this party. I wasn't handing out the alcohol, although it was my place. Um, and some of them were minors, and just lots of debauchery going on. And we had a beer cannon. So can much walk. fuckery, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing flaming Dr. Peppers, and uh, if 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 certain people are listening, they're gonna realize real quick where this was. But uh, we're doing flaming Dr. Peppers above the stove somebody's setting all that up and i don't have you ever had a flaming dr pepper i have not all right so it's you have um you have a shot of alcohol in a, in a shot glass and then you have some alcohol and some soda in a in a regular glass and you light the shot glass on fire and you drop it into the other container with the other liquid and then you just chug it it's those like two mix huh
0: it's like a variation on a car bomb
1: Kinda, yeah. But yeah. both of them together taste like a Dr. Pepper. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there was, there were people who were drunk. They, somebody dropped the shot glass that was lit on fire. Alcohol was lit all over the stove. Fire going everywhere. The alcohol is going. It was a mad crazy. Cops got called. It was. <laughs> it was a good party.
0: Not, <laughs> it, man, that sounds yeah. like fun. It just reminds me of. You know, I've gotten so old now I've forgotten about all these parties that we used to have when we were young and just the sheer craziness of all of it. you know, I mean some of my best friends come from movie theaters. Um, and I still keep in touch with some people from high school, but I think I've made some of my best friends at the theater, you know and and the girls mm, man. <laughs> man good, good times back then.
1: yeah. Well- that was one of the things, the reasons I stayed was because, you know, I, I just, the people, the, the people, the employees, the customers weren't, you know, you didn't really have Karen's or Darren's back then. Uh, you did, but it wasn't like as prominent as it is now. But the employees were really cool. The managers were really cool. Um, you know, every once in a while, they'd see you goofing off or something. They'd be like, get to work and keep walking. You know, they didn't really harass you all that much yeah. um, as long as you did your job. As a matter of fact, I, I was only an employee for three months and they came to me and they said, hey, do you want to be a supervisor? So now it's like it's coming up on Christmas time. And and I'm like, well, what's the supervisor do? <laughs> I mean, what's it get paid? Because yeah. I was getting three eighty five, dollars three thirty five an hour.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> what I started at too.
1: <laughs> and uh, they're like, well, you get a quarter more. And I'm like. Ooh. All right, what do I got? to <laughs> <laughs> So, I became a supervisor. The other girl that was a supervisor, who I'm still friends with today, um, her name is Christy, and she was the at, at this particular theater, she was the one that trained everybody. She trained me three months prior, mm-hmm. and her and I butt heads a lot. And you know, she was she was also the hot girl. Okay. And uh, <laughs> we, is she we gonna listen heads. to this. Yeah, she'll listen to this. Nice. i <laughs> will <laughs> get her to share it too. She, she she actually knows Tarantino so maybe she could reach out to him. That would but be uh fun. yeah. Um but so her and I would butt heads because she she would run her side of this is a it was a round stand. So mm. she would run her side of the stand on a busy night. I would be in charge of the other side of the stand. She kept coming over to my area and I'd be like get the hell back to your area <laughs> get to your side
0: <laughs> don't cross this line
1: <laughs> but uh, eventually you know there was lots of times like that but you know like i said we're still friends today and and uh, we talk all the time really but it, it was a lot of fun and that Sometimes was that's that was the
0: best relationship you know is when you don't necessarily see eye to eye but you can still be friends you know yeah. so like, you do your shit i'll do my shit don't worry about me i got this Right. By the way, a round stand is, in my opinion, the worst fucking design for a concession oh, yes. stand ever. <laughs> Who the hell thought of that? Needs to be, you know, quartered and drawn, drawn and quartered, whatever the term is. But uh, <laughs> it's terrible. There was a theater I worked for a long time ago. I used to work for Dickinson. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're not around anymore, but uh, their flagship theater back in the day was a round stand, and it was just 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 terrible because nobody knows where to go. Yep. You know, they just walk up to wherever. It's like, bro come around, you know, I'm not coming to you.
1: Well, I have an, I have an oval stand now. And even if you're only open on one side, it's still hard to tell people, Hey, I'm open over here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then they get irritated and stuff.
1: (laughs) But we ended up working out our differences and uh, we played nice and the parties continued. And um, that was, so three months I was a supervisor. And then uh, six months after that, I was getting ready to go back to the amusement park for a, for a fifth year because um, that was the best job I ever had next to my, thir- my movie career now. Um, I keep joking that I'm going to go back to the amusement park when I, when I retire and just run games or something. Be the old guy in games. Give me your money. Here's the ball. Throw it you know.
0: <laughs> but hey, uh, hang, on, hang on one sec. Man, I'm an asshole. I told Dustin that uh, we were going to do it at 1.30 his time. Uh-oh. For some reason, I had it. Uh, hang on. He's like, he's going to be so mad at me. These time zones, man. I got you all are all over the place. <laughs> uh, he's going to be so, he was like, I'm hurrying. And it's like, no, you got time, man. And then I just realized. Anyway, sorry. I'm a dick. That's okay.
1: We back? Yeah, we're back. <laughs> okay. Um, I lost your picture. I'm still here, man. Oh, there you are. Um, so 6 months after I became supervisor. So this is 9 months now, I guess, after I I got hired. I was kind of working in the park and they're like, "Well, we went on a I made stupid movies back then. Like with a VHS recorder. Right. Yeah, I was like me I, and my best friend. My um my college degree was in TV broadcasting. So I, I, anything with a video camera, I just, I would make stupid stuff. And we, we took a weekend, a bunch of us employees, and we went to Rome, Ohio, which is like three hours away from where I lived. And it was population like 150 (laughs) on the Ohio River. Uh, And we had a little horror movie that I wrote. And um, we filmed it. We didn't get it all filmed because over three days we were goofing off and just kept messing with takes. And, so only like 75, 80 percent of it got filmed. So I never finished it. I still have all the footage. You still have it? That's awesome. Oh yeah. It's hilarious to watch. I I, I think I digitized it a few years ago. I have to send you a link or something. You put it on um, YouTube, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think actually I think I did. Did I put that one on? There's a couple of them I put on YouTube. But um, it was very low budget. It was low, you know. But we all it was all employees of the theater. And we all went out there and had a good time. We got drunk, skinny dipping, debauchery, all that stuff happened. Um, nice. When I came back from that trip, it was a Sunday night. I got back to the house at, I don't know, around 7 o'clock. Now, there was no cell phones back then. This is 1990, right. 1992, the beginning of 1992. At least and, not one you can afford. Yeah. Right. So there's answering machines. For, for those kids that don't know what answering machines is, Google it. Did you have uh, a pager? No, I didn't even have a pager then uh, that came a little bit later, but so I got home and there's this message on, and I lived with, uh, at that time I wasn't even, I was still with my parents. Mm-hmm. So I came home and, and there was an, there was a uh, message on the machine and it was from the house manager, which is basically the second command below the general manager. And, uh, he said, you know, Hey, if you want to be a manager, give me a call. Now, I had no aspirations to be a manager. I was just – I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I was having fun at the theater, but that was just a winter job until the park opened in the next year It's the amusement park. Sure. So I, to me, I was going to keep going back and working at the amusement park. So I call him back, and he goes, hey, you know, you're, you're, you you work out really good. You do your job and everything else, and you lead really well, and we want you to be a manager. And I was like, well, what's that pay? He's like two seventy five a week Gross. And I was like, okay, and it was salary. Okay. So, um, which back then was like 45 hours a week, two doubles, two days off, you know. Um,
0: six, six bucks an hour. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> six eleven. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I told him, I said, well, I don't have a suit, and he goes, well, we'll, we'll figure that out. And um, he goes, if you want it, you start tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, okay. Man, they was <laughs> fast.
0: Playing with live ammo over there.
1: <laughs> so I came in the next day and he had this suit that was like a hand me down thing that he, he was about my size at the time and tall and skinny and and uh, it was this pinstriped, it looked like something out of uh, I don't know, some you kind of game. mafia. Yeah, right. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, <laughs> so I wore that for a couple of weeks until I could get one, but it was it was kind of funny. Yeah. And uh that's that's how I became a manager, and I'm still here, <laughs> so. I remember when I, speaking of
0: suit, like not having a suit, I remember when I first became a manager, I applied for my first credit card, and they gave me like a $1,500 limit. I think I was 18 or 19 years old at the time. I went out, blew the entire limit on three suits, and this is wow. back in like, I don't know, 95, 96, somewhere around there, yeah. I was like, I gotta get some suits, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, blew it all. I just thought, oh, I got all the money in the world to spend on a suit, so let's do this. Well,
1: well don't you still do that? Cause don't you have a closet full of different suits right now? <laughs> I do. I make more money now. I was an
0: idiot back then. I remember moving to Baton Rouge, and uh, the theater hadn't opened yet, and so we were, I was out with another manager, and we were looking at suits and stuff. I was at, like, Dillard's or something. And there was like a houndstooth suit that I thought was super pimp. You could see someone like our uh, executive VP of our company wearing, um, if you know who I'm talking about. And yep. uh, and I, it was like $550. And at the time, I was making, as a manager, as a department head, I was making like $8.25 an hour. So shit, you know. Yeah. And I spent $550 on that damn suit. I should have known better. You know, I had rent to pay. I didn't care. It's like I want that suit. But yeah, today it's like yeah, I like suits, but you know, now I can do it. Well, could. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you well, will, that's that's pretty. huh. You will. Admit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the way I became a manager very similar as well. Um, I was for the company that I work for now. I had no aspirations to ever be a manager in the previous companies I'd worked for. I'd been a supervisor. But they didn't like post openings for managers, or at least not that I was aware of. And so it just never came to my attention, and I didn't, at the time, have any ambition. But I remember with our current company, I was threading a projector. My GM just walks up to me one day, and he's like, hey, do you want to be a manager? And I was like, sure, <laughs> and that was it. And then like a week later, I'm a manager. I was like, all right, that was easy, you know? Yeah, it just I seemed like it next day. Yeah, I know, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I had had, they had to run a background check, you know, because that's how they do it. But um, which was pretty fast back then, because I remember background checks for the longest time taking like a month, up until probably just the last few years. Um, But you know, I I, it was just super fast, and 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 I was like, okay, I'll just do this while I'm finishing up college until I can kind of pull my head out of my ass and figure out what the hell I want to do with my life, because I had zero idea, zero idea, and most of the people I know that have moved up at least within our company and probably with, within other companies too, none of them had plans to run movie theaters or even like, I know VPs in our company that, you know, like a certain VP that used to be a school teacher, you know, uh, they never had plans to to be in the position they're in now. It just kind of worked out that way. You know? I was so, the same way. As you, that's crazy how it works out. Right. So when it when it comes to the pay, you know, like I, we just sat here and talked about how we were making 335 an hour, 6 dollars an hour. I mean, when I first came in assistant I was making 625 an hour. You know, I mean, the pay obviously isn't what kept us kept us in. It certainly not me. What what did it for you do you think? Cuz it's not always an easy job.
1: No, it's not. And uh it well, the people you yeah. know the the staff the staff you hang out with the the friendships you make like you're still friends with people from back then I'm still friends with people from back then There's many of those out there with us and so that's that's number one uh, number two you got the free movies and back then free movies were that was a big deal that was a big deal <laughs> <That> was, yeah <laughs> uh, still kind of yeah. is actually
0: <laughs> yeah and then you had the uh, at least with my
1: company, still do the midnight showings and that was a lot of fun hold
0: hold on hold on did something change with your phone because your sound changed no I'm still here no I didn't touch it okay I I can hear you you just sound tinny so I can get closer, closer is that better yeah are you on speakerphone yeah okay I don't know what's going on. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> That's what she said. Huh. Okay, well, continue. So, uh, I forgot
1: what I was talking about then. All the midnight showings.
0: We mm. can do
1: lots of midnight showings, and uh, back then nobody cared. Uh, at least not with my company. And it was a lot of fun just going in there at midnight, watching premieres of shows, like kind of Wednesday at midnight to come out Friday. And uh, of
0: course, there were some people that had to break the rules on that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's always somebody who's going to ruin it, right? Yeah. You know? But really, it
1: was it was all about the people and the, and the, and the fun times. Um, I had that at the music park. I just didn't have it, I guess, to that closeness. Uh, right. And to this day <coughs> to staff, you know, even though I'm the head boss in my building now, I still consider myself on some level friends with my staff. I mean, I'm not I don't cross the line like I would with a general staff person as far as, you know, here's a bunch of money or, or you know, let's go out and drink or whatever. But on some level we're all on the same team
0: in my, the way I look at it, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way, you know, at my, at the last location, because obviously the current location I'm at I've worked at for all of five days before this all happened. Uh, But my previous location, I mean that, the team, especially that management team that I had there, I mean, I consider them friends, you know, and, and I'll be honest, there were times when I would forget about that dynamic, you know, that I'm their supervisor, and I have to remind myself. It's like, look, you know, I'm your boss. Can you move your camera down? Um, there we go. <laughs> I had to remember that, like, I'm their, I'm their boss, and, you know, we do have a very, very friendly relationship. I, I was not one. I'm not the GM that goes out and hangs out with their managers. Um, I know some that do, and if that works for them, I suppose that works for them. But I did try to keep a, a certain level of professional but while I'm at the theater. Like, you know, look, I share personal things about myself and I and they share personal things about them because, look, we're spending half our lives with these people, you know, and I'm trying to be their leader. Um, And I think it's uh, personally I think it's okay to have that kind of relationship with them if you can if you can balance that. And so I would have to remind myself of like, you know, I got There there is a line that I have to keep there. But uh, I mean, I feel like I'd die for those people. And I'm telling you, like the stuff that's happened recently there was probably, I think I cried every day for like five days straight over everything that's happened you know it's, uh, it's just terrible Yeah. That's,
1: last weekend was hard when we went to shut down. it was <sighs> what we had to do last week when we had to lay people off and it, I get it why they did it but it was like it was super hard for me it was I I broke out crying in the meeting when I told them oh, yeah and uh, and then I even had some anger in the yeah. meeting. But not towards them, obviously, but just towards yeah. the situation because it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, fortunately, every one of them told me they're going to come back. And many of the staff told me they're going to come back. Uh, but you know how that goes. They could get a job somewhere they might like better. Yeah. I don't know. They
0: got to do what they got to do. Hopefully, they remember what they let, like what you and I are talking about. You know, we know exactly what we've loved about doing this as long as we have. You know, the thing that scares me a little bit or makes me nervous is uh, you know I was talking to a, another GM friend of mine yesterday um, and again I've only spent I only spent a hand a week maybe tops at my at my new theater and I've met a handful of employees and maybe three quarters of the management team there is no loyalty developed for me nope. you know and that sucks because like I'm going to continue to try to reach out to them you know, but, as far as they're concerned, they don't know me from anybody and and they don't they don't know if they can trust me as a as a person, as a human being, as a leader. Uh, and there's no loyalty for them to say, you know i want to i I definitely want to go work for that guy again. My hope is their their loyalty they're they're loyal to the company and to the job and to what they love, you know, but I have my forte over the years, as far as at least from my perspective, has been that ability to really develop relationships with people, you know and and be a good leader to them so that they want to work not just for the company, but also for me. Um, and so that makes me nervous
1: a little bit, you know? Well, you also took over a building that it didn't have a GM for a long time, right?
0: Yeah. It's, uh, been without a, G- Yeah, you know, the GM, um, had to take some time time away. And so for about seven months, I think. Yeah. Um, and the TM that was in place, uh, she's still, uh, my TM, um, she's done a terrific job, and she's a great person. So hopefully, there's some loyalty to her
1: as well. And uh, that's what I was thinking. Is yeah. Maybe they'll be loyal to her because she's gonna, she'll probably come back for you, and then maybe they'll come back for her.
0: You know. Well, she thankfully has been retained. Um, okay. So yeah, that's a that's
1: a very very good thing, and she's been doing
0: a great job because I can't go to my theater right now. Um, that's right. And so she's been able to to help out uh, a lot, which has been which has been really great. So. You know and that was a tough part about that that's you know with all the layoffs too is I couldn't be there in person you know as terrible as a thing it is to, to have to do something like that uh, it was news that I would have preferred to give myself as the general manager um, but because of symptoms and stuff like that I, the last thing I want to do is get these people sick potentially um, And so thankfully, you know, we're all a team as GMs and stuff. And I had one GM up north that took care of my previous theater because the new GM hadn't arrived yet. And then one GM down south that took care of the other theater. Right. And, you know, but, and it's, it's just the toughest thing I've ever done in my career and in my life. And, you know, these people that we had to do this to, they don't have to care about our feelings, you know, they're having to go through their own shit. And that's what tears me up. It just, it just sucks, you know. So, but yeah, I I agree with you that it, it is these people that makes it worthwhile for me to stick with this job. You know, it's a good career and it's a challenging job, but I think at the end of the day, it's the environment and the people.
1: It's the first job I've had. Let me think here for a minute. I'm old. Um, I've had like 10 jobs in my whole life and, aside from the army because that's not really a job to me but uh this is the first job that I would consider throughout the years so all these different staff coming and going and me being a staff person and everything else I would consider most of them family yeah just because we got in the trenches and worked together kind of thing you know and no other job done that so
0: yeah I think you hit it right there is like you're you're at, quote unquote in the trenches with these people you know and you go through all of this shit. Like, so my, my previous location, you know, it's a brand new location. Um, when I got there, like we were opening it together as a team. And it was a, it was a challenging opening because it was one of the first dine-in locations that we had in our company. And it was all very, very new. There was none of these training programs that we have now that are in place. There was no restaurant training department that we have now. Like it was, we were just fucking learning as we went, man. And it was rough. And when you combine that aspect of it to just a normal theater opening, I can't remember if you've opened theaters or not, but if you have, you know, it's challenging, right? Yeah. And so it was just, I just remember it was so stressful. And like the first year was just, holy shit. But there were so many times when we would all be sitting in the office and there'd be a handful of us sort of reminiscing about going through that shit together, you know? And and we'll con I'm sure, you know, ten years from now we'll still look back on it and be like, oh my God, remember when we made it through that? You know. And hopefully we'll be able to look back on this current situation, hopefully in just a couple months, if if not shorter, and and say, Hey, we made it through that too. But you know. um, That
1: damn (laughs) COVID.
0: Jesus, right? Yeah. I mean, by far the most challenging situation in our industry, and really, you know, one of the most challenging in the world, I'm sure, but um, but yeah, I just, uh, you know, there's aspects to this job that um, I do think it's gotten more challenging as the years have gone on, just because there's just more moving parts now. Um, yeah. and, and it's been interesting to watch how employees and managers have had to evolve um, as, as workers and adapt to these challenges. Because, you know, like when you and I started, I mean, look, you didn't get any training. I didn't really get any training. I remember sitting in this little closet <laughs> watching like three VHS tapes. And then it was a Friday night and they threw me on a register and they're like, good luck, buddy. And it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think was my first movie opening. And it was so busy, so busy. (laughs) And it got to a point, man, where somebody would order a candy and I knew like, you know, there was three candy prices. And I, in my mind, I was like, I don't, it doesn't matter which candy I hit. I, I just need to make sure I hit the right price. I didn't know about inventory back then. So I'm just like whatever bong I just hit whatever fucking button i could just to just to get it done man and it was just that's how kids are today yeah yeah they are that's how they are today
1: (laughs) i was one of those idiots yeah (laughs) it's called karma i think (laughs) well when when i started you added the prices up in your head Mm. you didn't have a you just had a drawer with money in it you didn't have a you know shortly thereafter it was like within a month or two we got the little tills but yep. uh, for the most part, you added them up in your head. We had but you didn't have a cat
0: system, th- system at one point. I don't know if you guys yeah. ever had that.
1: Hacer, yeah. Pacer cats. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Were you were the the server in the back office? If it messed up, you you pick it up four inches and drop it. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't a manager at the time, so I didn't have to deal with that shit. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 uh, basically, the server where all the information would go into in the yeah. office. If you ever had a problem with it. The first thing you'd want to do is try to reboot it, and it would take 15 minutes to boot because it was all DOS. And the second thing you would try, and I'm not kidding, is you would pick it up four inches, and you would drop it on the counter. Something to do with all the circuit cards in there would would settle in, and it would work.
0: (laughs) It's the equivalent of like blowing into a Nintendo cartridge, right? (laughs) (laughs) The current (laughs) company that we're with, we we were all DOS-based back then too and and the the program was designed by the guy that essentially ran operations at the time cuz he's a computer guy he re, he resigned or uh, retired a couple years ago rob i don't know if you remember him but uh um it was, yeah it was, it was all all dos based and man it would crash all the time and you know how customers are man like <laughs> at least back then there was no credit cards or you couldn't take credit cards at movie theaters right. And so, like, if you went down, you went down, and everything was so basic, it's like, I mean, I'll just, you know, I can figure this out for you. But, I mean, now when shit goes down, shit goes down, you know. It's really challenging, too, when you have dine-in stuff. But.
1: I remember that with credit cards. It was like – it felt busier because all we did was count cash. Yeah, yeah. And you would do these big – like, right now, the, uh, I was at a theater when I was when I first started. It was a 12-plex. And um, they, mega, mega plexes weren't, were just, they were about five years old, I guess, then. Um, and we would do from like six to eight, we would do like almost 2,000 people at this 12 plex. Hmm. And we would, in our little round stand, and we would just get annihilated. That's and crazy. then, you know, yeah. And the recovery yeah. period would so be about an hour hour and a half so that was yeah. cool yeah but uh it's funny because you you come that was back in 1990 91 so you flash forward to now my staff from six to eight now will do you know on a busy movie like avengers or something like that we may do 1200 people but they say two- it's insane and they freak out. Yeah. It's all relative.
0: Yeah. (laughs) They lose their fucking minds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I worked at what could arguably be considered the busy, one of the busiest theaters in the company 20 years ago down in Texas. Uh, it was big 20 screen and it was when Titanic came out and we did, I think our busiest day ever, I think was right around 19,000 people that day. And, I mean, that's just insanity. You, yeah. There's no theaters that see anywhere close to those numbers anymore. Even the busiest theater in the in the country, which is, I'm pretty sure, the Empire 25 out in New York, I'm pretty sure they don't even see those numbers anymore. And uh, But now, like my last theater, you know, it's a little nine-screen dine-in, you know, so we only had 800-some seats. If we did f- over 500 during the 6 to 8 o'clock round, they'd lose their minds. Oh my God, it was crazy. (laughs) And it, it, look, it is relative because the lines do get backed up at that location because uh, there's just so much stuff going on with a bar, with a cafe, with a bistro, with all of that stuff. And so lines can get long, but you know, I also have like fucking 11 people on register for a 500 person round. You know, it's like, you're lucky to get six people for a 2000 person round in most theaters, you know? So it's just insane.
1: You want to, you want to hear about lines? All right. So across the street from the theater I run now is a mall. And I used to, before they built this building 20 years ago, I ran the theaters in that mall. Okay. And there was, there was eight different theaters. So you had, and they were all throughout the mall. So Cinema One was by itself. Um, Six, seven, and eight was down on the other side of the mall. And it was, they were shoebox theaters down there, and they were just right. all by themselves right. at those four. Two, three, or four were somewhere. It was They were scattered throughout the mall. That's
0: crazy. I've never heard
1: of them. that. Yeah. You, each one of them was like an independent operation, but I ran the mall.
0: Okay.
1: Well, I would base – my office was at Cinema One. And Cinema One was this uh, – it, it was built back in the 60s when the mall was built. It was the biggest screen in town. It was a 1,000-seat auditorium. Yeah. One out auditorium thousand seats yeah the screen was uh god it was i think it was 75 feet wide and like 50 feet tall i mean it was huge <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it had the slope floor obviously right and yeah. it, had the, it had the crystal chandeliers in the lobby yeah
0: sounds like a dickinson
1: <laughs> so <laughs> so you would have when when the when the star wars re-releases came out or when titanic came out or any of those big films like That's especially titanic yeah. yeah, you had lines. We would line people up down through the mall, because <laughs> all we had was we had a box office with two selling stations. Two. Yep. No credit cards then either. Yeah. You know, we were still packed. <laughs> and then you had um, because I mean, credit cards came in '99, so I guess we had them then. But at the concession stand, you had one popper, and you had four selling terminals. <laughs> and your <laughs> and your lobby. Your lobby was from the stand, from the, one of the selling terminals to the back wall, was maybe thirty, thirty or forty feet. So it's just mayhem. So you had no, yeah, there was no lobby. So you line, you'd have people ten deep, thirteen deep, fifteen uh, deep. Yeah, yeah. For a thousand seat show, and you know if it was Titanic or when Episode One came out, it was just. And, and it was people, never ending, right? Yeah. And people with you, you had 30 minutes recovery yeah. after do it all show, again. Clean it. I mean while the show's in, that's the only show you're doing, so you have lots of recovery there. But to clean the show, you'd have that 30-minute inter- intermission. And I would have to – me and the other managers would have to go down the hallways and line people up in front of the stores or just kind of control them. Yeah, yeah. I had store operators yelling at me because <laughs> – they were pissed because there's people blocking their store, and I said, "Well, get out there and tell them step Come back, buy to- shit." <laughs> yeah, and sell them. I said, "Sell them stuff. You, right. active- you've got all <laughs> these fucking
0: people standing there. Work it, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm helping you." Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you had that kind of, uh, and a lot of my friends that that are, you know, if they're listening to this, they they too worked at the mall, so they they know. <laughs> what's
0: up. Yeah. The,
1: but it was fun. It was yeah. It was super fun.
0: That's the fun stuff I remember because, like, the lines nowadays have been different because people people are just more quick to get pissy when there's a line because you know we've talked about this on the last episode where you know there's just an impatience. There's that 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 immediate satisfaction that they want you know, where back then they were just accustomed to, they knew if they were going to go see a busy movie, they were going to stay in long lines. They were going to stand in holdout lines. And you do have some people who sort of reminisce about, you know, going to event movies. And sometimes the fun part was being in the holdout lines because they would do all these activities, you know, whatever, uh, hanging out and stuff, getting there early and, and being a part of the excitement of a brand new movie opening. Um, and as an employee, you know, it, while it was kind of hell going through it, at the same time it was fun because it was just, dude, you, you start your shift and then you, and then everybody goes away and you look at your watch and your shift is over. I mean, right? That's how it felt. Like that's how it felt. It was just craziness, you know. <laughs> I remember stocking all the time. It's like, because especially as a supervisor, I wasn't on a drawer all the time. And my job was basically, I'm checking cups, I'm checking lids, I'm checking, you know, whatever it is. You just keep going around and around and around and around <laughs> like that. You know? It's got-
1: God forbid you run out. You gotta run down the hall. That sucks. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> did you listen to the episode I did the other day about how I got my start and stuff and yeah. uh, how I ran into the owner of AMC because I was running, <laughs> I was hauling ass trying to get cops, man. It was that fucking busy, man. Yeah, it was just that was it was a different kind of energy back then. I think it's still a great energy now. It's just different, you
1: know. So, but I tell you what, I miss uh, jumping gears a little bit because you you touched on it. Reserve seating took away lining people up. And when you get those premieres of like Avengers and whatnot, I missed that. I mean, I would spend a good part of the day, Thursday afternoon, just organizing where I was going to line people up and polls and signage and everything else. Yeah. But then when people started coming hours in advance, I would line them up and, and I would go and talk to them. They would play board games and yeah. When we get ready to clean the theater, let's say they were waiting for Avengers in-game, I'd be like, everybody's here for Spongebob, right? And <laughs> screw with them or something like that. It's more personal, more engaging. Yeah. 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 I, I do say you, you definitely
0: had to be a lot more prepared as Calling a GM. It like uh, so much more preparation went into like now you you still prepare like you still have to have good show schedules you still have to have to, you know get your food orders right get your schedule right your employee schedule right all that stuff but the 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 back end preparation the day of was is much less now now you just you're like this is this is what's happening yeah. like once everybody shows stressed. up we're
1: good huh. i used to get stressed i used to get stressed trying to think about okay where am i gonna line up this house oh, where yeah. am i gonna line up the house i mean it would it would literally weigh on me.
0: <laughs> Especially like... if you're in a tight building.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause like some of those small buildings that I've been in, you gotta get real creative. Oh, real yeah. creative. You know. And sometimes, you know, if it's if it's spring or, or early summer, it's not too hot, you know, you can put some people outside if it's a really big movie. But man, come July or if it's the middle of winter, you gotta figure it out. You know, you better have a damn good show schedule and you better have some solid ushers. Now, like back then, the Usher position was so much – it was so much more important to have sharp, sharp people than it is now, you know? So Have you
1: ever sold out, uh, have you ever sold out your whole building?
0: Not as a GM, but I remember um, when I was with AMC, this theater I worked at in Kansas City, we would sell out the entire building every once in a while. It was a 12-screen, but a very, very busy
1: 12-screen. The only time I've ever done it uh, in my career – was in the building I'm in now, and we did it with film, and it was it was the uh, the last Harry Potter movie. It was the midnight show. We interlock it. Yep, and this is this is back when it was a true midnight show. It was 12:01. Yeah. Didn't, they didn't go early because of the you know the whole Batman thing. This was 12:01, and then 12:05, and then 12:10, and 12:15, all the way up to like one ten. Yeah. Yeah. And we had yeah. all, we had like six or seven prints, and we interlocked them and the whole, all 16 theaters sold out. It was, it was truly, it was a, oh my god, it was a pain in the Psyche ass. The yeah. <laughs> but as soon as that 1:30 a.m. came around, the last ones in there, everybody just kind of looks at each other, right. and we just loved mm. it. Some of us were even in tears. It was just, yeah, it it's was exhilarating. It was exhilarating, yes. Yeah. It was. Yeah.
0: but God help you if an interlock fails. And for those kids oh. listening. Let me explain what interlock is real quick. Interlock back in the days of film is when you can run a print, one single print through multiple projectors at the same time, but you're so fucked if that messes up. Like you better have a good projectionist or you better be the one that is doing it yourself or whatever. I worked at this 24 screen theater in uh, Nebraska back in 2012 and it was when, uh, was it a twilight was opening back then? And I, I just got there, and my man, I met with my management team to prepare for this, and they were like, so, so that AMC, so you've got your middle four in the, off the lobby. Those are your big auditoriums, and then each wing has 10 theaters, right? And so the, at the time, that theater was only half digital, and so they were like, so do you want to interlock the wings? And then they told me a story about how like the year before or two years before, they had done that, and the interlock failed, and it hit the papers and everything, they get all this bad press, and I looked at them and I was like, I am not about to do that. Like, <laughs> I would much rather have Come on, <laughs> less less customers, but everything goes smooth and we don't get bad press again than the other way around. Cause they were telling me it was just, it was a total clusterfuck for this situation. And so it made me so nervous. I was like, no, because these, these projectors, man, were old, they had not been taken care of very well. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not even about to mess with that. So not tempting fate. <laughs>
1: We had a. This is going to blow your mind. We had a screening one time of Schindler's List, and uh, it was it was a couple day early screening, and it was in two auditoriums that were 294 seats each, slope floor, sold out. The print wasn't done. It was still. It came from the lab. And when when a print comes, it's usually on 20-minute reels. Yeah. Well, when it comes from the lab, it's on cores. Oh, right. So you don't have the reels, and it's still wet. Yeah. So so it came an hour late. These people were already seated in the auditorium. It's 10 reels. Oh, my God. Each one movie. And I'm the one that's supposed to build it. I was the booth guy at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I had everything set up yeah uh, and it came in a box on the cores you know wrapped in plastic and all that, yep. you know so I built the first three reels got it on the bigger reel on the 3000 got that going on the platter as soon as I got that off the platter I started threading it and I started the first three reels with an interlock to the Jeez. other projector all right so I got the first hour of the film covered it's playing now I'm building the rest of the six reels and as I built them, when I get them on, like the three, when I get them on the three thousand, I would stop the platter. while the film's still playing? Let it mm-hmm. spool a little bit. Splice that. Splice it. In. Yep. So now I got film rolling on the platter while it's playing the film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My God, man!
1: I was so stressed, but you know what? The customers had no idea, and it played. Yep.
0: To play. <laughs> That's a trip, man. Like I've had so many, so many situations like that, projection issues where you're just winging it and you're doing shit on the fly, and and, and the whole idea is the guest is never gonna know, you know. Um, but okay, I've had wait. some bad. Yeah, yeah, man. You can have some seriously, seriously bad situations, um, and I've had them. I mean, I think anybody who's ever worked with film, anybody who's ever been a projectionist or just worked at a movie theater with film as a manager you have got at least five stories probably where shit got real you know like i have dropped a print on myself i dropped apollo 13 on myself and i went brrr, like all the way down my body i mean i can't tell you how many times i've had film running all the way down back and forth in my booth so i can get it straightened out so then i can wind it back onto a onto a reel so that i can get it back onto a platter i mean i've seen reels put on backwards upside down you know just oh i love upside down like, sound <laughs> right but you know you've screened a movie right when you're watching it it's it changes reels and then you're like this movie doesn't make any sense right now
1: because <laughs> they put like reel five on instead of reel four or whatever major league two i built that i built that at one one in the morning and then i, I, was, I wanted to watch it yeah so i watched it and i built two and three reels backwards so it went One, two – or one, three, then two, then four, five. Well, it was – it was like they're shitty. They're good. They're shitty.
0: It's like watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. It was. (laughs) Yeah, I mean – what was I going to say? Oh, I had an event once. I was running a theater out in California. We had an event that was kind of sprung on us. And so we very quickly, I threw the movie together, and then I, I put it out of order, and they watched the entire thing and then and never said anything to me. I didn't know I put it out of order. They never said anything to me. And then we opened the movie that week, and Friday comes, the first showing of the day, a customer comes out, and they're like, something's off with that movie. Like that was a really weird fucking movie. And I was like, all right, and we look into it. And sure enough, I put, I'd flip two reels. That event never said anything to me. <laughs> like, they just watched the movie and assumed, oh, yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs>
1: like, maybe.
0: I mean, you know, who's, I, I want to bet that, like, they're watching it on Netflix one time, and they're like, I don't remember the movie being like this. You know? <laughs> it's like, this it makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> so, well, hey, man, we just came up on an hour. And uh,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So, but I want to do this again because I have more stories. I know you got more stories. Um, but uh, this was this was pretty awesome and and hopefully we can get a lot of people out there to share their stories and get this going around and and keep doing this because this I, I enjoyed myself I had a lot of fun it's certainly keeping my mind off shit right now. so oh, that's yeah, helpful me too. Yeah, for real and hopefully a lot of people can listen to this and relate and and uh, maybe they'll have their own sh- stories to share. So I appreciate you doing it, man. Hey, Um, thanks
1: for having me
0: on. You bet. You're welcome anytime. I love having you on here. So, (laughs) all right, bro. Well, it's good talking to you. And uh, like I said, let's do this again. Okay. Take care. That's the podcast, folks. Please visit kiarpodcast.com. That's K-I-A-R podcast. Com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. New episodes are going to be posted weekly on KRPodcast.com, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. The views and opinions on those podcasts are solely that of the guests and hosts and are not representative of any other organizations or individuals. If you or someone you know are interested in being a guest on Karen Isn't Always Right, Please give us a visit at kierpodcast.com and submit your interest on the Contact Us page as we'd love to have you. Thanks for joining us on Karen Isn't Always Right, and we'll see you next time.